This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome. We're kicking off hour two of Kelly and Ramia, and it's been fun hanging out with Grant today. So it's really Grant and Ramia. And as usual on a Friday, we like to check in with our tech, check in with our gardens, and check in with sports. So let's bring on Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. Of course, Brocky, we're going to have to pay some homage to uh, some people in the Canadian realm of sports, pro sports. Do you want to talk a little bit about Christine Sinclair? I do, but before we get into Christine, I just want to mention something that has been uh, widely reported in the NHL, and that is that we're going to go back to a quote-unquote World Cup. I put that in quotes for a reason, and I'll explain this in a second. We're going to go back to do this. This is supposed to be happening in 2025. Where I get a little messed up on the World Cup is that we're having four teams. Yes, that's right. A World Cup is going to have four teams. Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland. Why are we titling this a World Cup? Your guess is as good as mine. I don't understand this. They said in their... In Elliot Friedman's uh, post, they said, oh, we're going to have an actual World Cup in 2028. Okay, but why are you calling this a World Cup? I I just... Is it the pre-World Cup World Cup? (laughs) Mini World Cup. Ah. I I will say this, though. These are the nations that that I just spouted to you guys. So Canada, USA, Sweden, and Finland. Those are the four best nations that represent hockey well across the board. But then I believe also that you're being sort of disrespectful to teams like Germany who have Tim Stutzla, who just came up uh, and is involved in the NHL, plus Leon Dreisettle. And both of those individuals are involved with the Edmonton Oilers. So this is, I mean, this is just weird to me. I'm thinking, why are we designating this a World Cup with four teams? But that's the story I have for you, that apparently this is happening in, in uh, 2025 in and around February or so. So okay. that's that. What, what, but, uh, yeah. What, what Let's, the, uh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, what, no I'm no, just curious. What would the typical, like, what would you be expecting in terms of participation numbers of well, countries? A, a typical World Cup, and it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. A typical World Cup is more like eight teams – 10 right. teams then you would have you know uh russia you would have belarus you would have like a whole bunch of other teams some that are n- certainly not as good as the north american teams obviously but that's what designates a world cup this i i, I just i understand what they're going for because they did this in the early 2000s where they said we're gonna have a, a world cup and it, it turned my head then and I thought we would learn from it from the early 2000s, but they're still designating this a World Cup. And I just I think that that's a a, a bit of a disrespect to uh, to the world. And and then to say we're going to have an official one in 2028, we promise. Like you're even acknowledging in your own in your own press release, yeah, this is kind of a joke, and we'll acknowledge yeah. it. And to me, I just think it's a massive, massive disrespect 
to to the countries that that aren't involved in this World Cup. So, yeah. Well, but uh, gonna ignite yeah. some additional rivalry, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right, you would hope. Uh, but something that I would say that was good for Canada uh, this week was the fact that uh, Christine Sinclair uh, played her last international game against Australia, which was held at uh, BC Place, but it was also renamed uh, Christine Sinclair Place for the one evening that she uh, represented there. We had over 48,000 uh, individuals in attendance. This was a really great game. I would say that the score was not the important piece yes they won the game and yes that's what we were all looking for christine wanted that but what a real uh homage to a lady who's done a lot beyond soccer uh for it and uh yeah we're gonna dive in a little bit in deeper into this conversation yeah i mean it strikes me that the impact of christine sinclair retiring uh and finishing her last big game and just the person what she's done for for the sport maybe what she's done for for women in in sports uh if i can say that uh has been really huge can you talk a little bit about that her retirement her impact yeah i mean i think you mentioned it there the first one that i have on my list uh greatest Canadian soccer player and I put that both on the men's and women's side intentionally I think that she you know holds uh, the most goals uh, uh, for both sides Uh, she wasn't able to get 191 on the last game that she played but she still has 190 uh, international goals I think that's gonna 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 stand out I think she was a champion of the sport both at the grassroots level and the national level she was great about like i want to you know get the sport out there for all the young kids i want to grow this game beyond uh myself and then we get into more of the obvious things of she'll be known uh for bringing canada to the olympic games some medals in uh bronze in 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 tokyo and then she won another one in uh, 2020 as well uh which which was actually the postponed games, which was 2021, but they were still designated as the 2020 games. But, you know, those are the things that she's really going to gonna be known for. And, I mean, to be honest, I think realistically, if we go back to the games in uh, 2012, uh, there should have been a, another either gold or silver. There was some controversy against the U.S. about whether or not, you know, something illegal happened in, in the, one of the kicks at the end of the game. I'm still bitter about that, but uh, we'll eventually get over it. I just think, you know, there, there's still an impact there. I would also say just the fact that they changed the name uh, of BC Place, which is iconic in and of itself to Christine Sinclair Place, is indicative to who she was and who she is as a person. Right. Um, this is uh, also somebody who said, I want to qualify my country for this upcoming Olympic window uh, that's going to be happening. She could have said, look, I won my medal and I'm going to move on and, and and that's that or my medals. But she said, no, I want to qualify this team for, for the next games and I want to stick through this and, and make sure that we, we get to Paris. And she did that. And I think she's going to be remembered for that quite fondly, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's a big 
big part of sport to know how um, players and, and people who we really admire in the sport for whatever reasons, how they're going to continue to grow the sport, right? And obviously not everybody has the capacity and, and there are different reasons why people would step back, but it's lovely to know that, you know, she's made it very, um, I guess an open conversation for people to be part of her journey, uh, even stepping away, but also that she's still kind of there and she's still very impactful on that grassroots level, Brock, because we know we need the support. The sports need the support. Yeah, and I would also say to you guys, I mean, what was really evident to me at the end of the game when the game was over and what took place, you know, between the lines was one of the TSN reporters who said, you know, what does it mean to you that thousands and thousands of women and young girls here are wearing your number and your jersey? And she said, I've accomplished what I needed to accomplish here. And I've gotten the program into a good place. And it's yeah. not just a good place now, but it's a good place moving forward. And I think that that was very telling as well. So Christine Sinclair, uh, hats off to uh, to her and and she'll be missed, but I also suspect that she'll be around the game for a long time I in, think so. in other capacities aside from an athlete herself. Yeah, it sounds like she's so willing to be helpful. Um, tell us, moving on for other things, tell us about the winter meetings in baseball. So I had two names. I had uh, Shohei Otani and Juan Soto. Uh, Shohei Otani was part of the uh, Los Angeles Angels of An Anaheim. And then uh, Juan Soto was part of the Padres. Uh, Juan Soto moved on to the Yankees. Uh, Shohei Otani, we are still in the midst of not knowing where he's going to go. Apparently, it's down to the L.A. Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays. Something that kind of weird happened with him was that his camp, so all the people that are involved with him, his agents, all that said, if you are in talks with us, you need to keep the details quiet. Well, what happened, interestingly, was LA's manager, Dave, uh, Dave Roberts, came out and said, oh, yeah, uh, we're heavily involved in the Shohei Otani thing, and it'd be so great to have him involved in our team and all this, and he was on and on for like 10, 12 minutes, and right after this press conference bunch of media people surrounded him and there was this whole big deal about you know you can't say that you can't say that and then the gm came out and basically dispelled everything he said of oh yes we can't talk about shohei otani we can't talk about this and ross atkins our gm has literally kept lips sealed about what's happened apparently there's this mysterious flight that came from los angeles to toronto today that's supposed to be landing in about a little over an hour and 15 minutes but until this deal is signed, I don't know. But Shohei Otani is the biggest fish because he's a two-way player. He can pitch and he can hit. This has only happened one other time in MLB history with oh. Babe Ruth. And so this is a big, big deal. And if the Toronto Blue Jays sign him or anybody else signs him, they are going to net him upwards of $500 million. Whoa. So this guy is going to get a lot of money. I mean, his way, one way or another. Uh, and all our eggs in that basket. <laughs> <laughs> right. That is a lot of uh, banking on him. All right, Brocky, thank you so much. Thank you. Always keeping us posted on the latest in sports. Brock Richardson joins us on Fridays to kick off the second hour. 
if you are looking for the perfect gift for the book lover in your family or friend circle, Ryan Huey is keeping us posted next on the Chatty Book Show if he's got some uh, holiday gift guide, gift guide of sorts when we come back with you after the break on Kelly and Romeo. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs> 